0: So it has been quite a reprieve, uh, but we are finally back for another episode of the Catanning podcast, and uh, could not be more excited. Uh, Today we have uh, Pennsylvania 41st District, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Senator candidate uh, Joe Pittman. Joe, great to have you here today. Andrew, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So excited! Uh, I was very excited to see that you are running, and uh, I messaged you about potentially uh, getting on the podcast and getting on the YouTube channel, and. uh, just couldn't be more excited to have you here.
1: Well, the, you know, they say timing's everything. And whenever <laughs> I got your note, I was going to be in the Catanning area anyway. So yep. figured we might
0: as well just uh, go
1: ahead and do it.
0: Absolutely, so. yeah. God had some uh, divine planning going yeah. on there. So uh, I have a bunch of questions for you. My my goal for today is that everybody watching would have a opportunity to learn more about you. I think a lot of times we... Um, Kind of ignore uh, the actual candidates running, and we look whether it's a Democrat or Republican, and we never get to know somebody's heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping today we can get your heart for our, for the district and um, see if uh, you know we can find you some supporters uh, through the YouTube channel and in the Armstrong County area. Very good. I appreciate it. All right. So uh, just a bunch of different questions for you. I know you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself for those that uh, that have no idea who you are. Okay. We will appreciate it.
1: Well, as Andrew said, I'm. Joe Pittman a candidate for state Senate for the 41st district uh, I'm a lifelong resident of Western Pennsylvania I was born and raised in a small town in northern Indiana County by the name of Hillsdale graduate of Purchase line High School uh, my wife Gina is actually an Armstrong County native she uh, grew up in rural Valley graduated nice. from what was Shanock Valley High School in 1997. And she and I currently live in Indiana Borough. We have four wonderful children, uh, our oldest being uh, Joe Jr., and we have Sam, and then we have twin girls, uh, Rosie and Franny, and they are identical twin girls. Oh, wow. And uh, they know it. (laughs) They know it. So so this community has been part of uh, our family. It's been part of my life. Uh, It's where I've grown up. It's where my kids are growing up. And, you know, I really want to just try to do my part to improve the communities that make up the
0: 41st district absolutely absolutely and i uh you know i have the same the same heart you know four kids as well and Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to figure out how can we make katanning a better place to be and what what can my part be to play to make uh, katanning and armstrong county a better place to to raise a family so i certainly appreciate your heart with that that's awesome how uh how do you how you planning to balance all this man i know if i was running for uh, for state senate, wife, four young kids. Uh, my wife be ready to kill me. How you <laughs> how you gonna end up? <laughs> well,
1: I you know that's that's boy that's a great question. <laughs> and you know it it was something that certainly we didn't decide on overnight. Yeah, and it was a lot of prayer and a lot of discussion with our family. But you know, in my work with Senator White over all these years, my schedule has been pretty uneven and hectic to begin with oh yeah and even though we live in indiana i would travel back and forth i'd travel throughout the district and so a lot of the aspects of the job my family is all already familiar with uh, my wife she is probably has the hardest job um, in the world and that's staying home with our kids mm-hmm. and uh, our boys are in school our girls are not yet but uh, you know she's just a stalwart and she does everything to keep the trains running on time at the house and if it wasn't for her uh, doing what she does I certainly wouldn't be able to
0: make this leap and uh, try to continue public service I can relate it 100% it is a balancing act and it's certainly a team effort and so Uh, when someone votes for you they're not just voting for you they're voting for the the whole family essentially they're
1: they're voting for the team package deal (laughs) deal. correct
0: all right so i think i have a good idea about this but i have down here you know what what motivates you you know what is it that you see in the in the district right now that you think you know i think it's i think it's my time to run and to serve
1: you know i see a lot of needs i see a lot of issues and problems but i also see a lot of opportunity. And I think it's important uh that we look at the positives in our community, um the path ahead and the potential that we have. You know, at the end of the day, nobody wants to invest in misery. Absolutely. You know, you've got to have a positive outlook and also recognize the challenges that are in front of us, but make a plan to overcome them mm-hmm. and not just sit there and feel sorry for ourselves. You know, this area has obviously been devastated by some of the massive job losses of the 90s. Uh, Those are types of things that you're not going to recover from decades later. I mean, they are generationally something that transforms us. But at the same time, you know, we have made progress. We do have things like what Burgads is doing up on Route 85, what Belflex is doing down at the former PPG site. You know, we have a strong uh, coal mining and natural gas business here in the county. Um you know, in North Point, it's not moving along like we'd like, but it is making slow and steady progress. And the Route 28 corridor to Pittsburgh is just a natural area for growth and development. So I think there's a lot of potential here. We just got to uh, maximize it and continue to have a positive outlook that there's a way to make positive change in the communities. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about the 41st District, mm-hmm. I know I'm, I've been researching a little bit because you know I knew you were coming, but um, tell the people what, what area does that actually encompass?
1: It's uh, all of Armstrong and Indiana County, okay. and that's the easy part to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have parts of Butler and Westmoreland County. Uh, Westmoreland County is pretty much the Murraysville area up in through Bell, Washington Township. Uh, that Area and then Butler County, we have uh, Sarver, Saxonburg, pretty much the Route 228 quarter over to Route 8, Mm -hmm. and then we go up Butler, up through Carnes City
0: and uh, Petrolia in that area. Okay. Okay. So that's a pretty big area to try to cover.
1: Yeah, you know, every Senate district has about 250,000 people, and so it's pretty hard to find 250,000 people in rural communities. Absolutely causes uh, causes it to uh, stretch out pretty far
0: yeah so you're gonna be traveling around quite a bit over the next couple of years yes yeah. <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of different cities in that area certainly different problems but are there any are there anything that things that you see that are kind of generalized problems over the entire district that you would say hey you know these are the main things that I want to be focusing on over the next several years
1: well I think we have to revitalize our core communities and we have started to do a lot of that with the downtown katanning project yeah is one as one example I've been impressed with the county's efforts to tackle blight you know the reality is sometimes you've got to tear things down before you can build things up and you know there's a lot of blighted areas in some of these towns mm-hmm. we've got to get that cleared out we've got to get those properties back on the tax rolls make them productive and once we do that that not only increases the value of that property but the value of the whole neighborhood yeah And so we have to be very aggressive in in that regard. We have to make our communities attractive places for people to live. Quality of life means a lot. I've gotten to understand that a lot more with our kids. Um, You know, you need to have presentable communities, communities where people feel safe and comfortable, and that's got to be a top
0: priority. Yeah. I feel like so much of the battle has been, uh, you know, you look at some other communities that are certainly worse off. Um, I think about New Kensington, I think about McKeesport, and it's so easy for a city to kind of be on the brink. And then if they go over the cliff, it's just like it seems like this unstoppable force yeah. where it just goes bad really, really fast. And I think, you know, that's a great fighting blight is so important for for me personally. I think if you can prevent from going over the cliff, you can begin to turn the corner and go the other way. But right. it's 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 a, it's definitely a delicate process because it, it, it can go bad real quick.
1: It is, and, and you, you you know you have to keep moving the ball forward, and you know and, and of course an element, biggest element to that is economic opportunity. Mm. You know we, you know what's interesting is it seems, particularly in the late '90s when the coal mines and the steel mills were closing. You know, we had this swell of a labor force yeah. that we just couldn't handle. Mm-hmm. You know, those men and women are now retiring. The labor force is moving out. So many of the people that are our generation uh, growing up here have moved away. And we're now to this point where our labor force and the jobs available, the skill sets, aren't matching up. Yeah. I can't tell you how many employers we go to that are looking for skilled trades. Mm-hmm. You know, welders, plumbers, heavy equipment operators, CDL drivers. Uh, you know, and those are all family sustaining wages. Absolutely. You know, jobs that people can raise a family on. And and it's important to, to deliver that message that those opportunities are there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, from a policy perspective, we have to protect those uh, job sectors. To make sure they're not overtaxed, over overregulated, and uh, you know pushed out of
0: business. Yeah, I love to hear that. <laughs> no, uh, that can be a big struggle. I mean, I come from a very heavily regulated industry, and it's uh, it, that push and pull is always hard, and it makes it difficult for anyone else to enter into it if mm-hmm. there's all that, all those barriers to entry. So, as if we can eliminate as much of that as possible, man, that's so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, you know that's the big that's the big picture. Now, I mean, most everyone here is Armstrong County, Katanning mm-hmm. area. Yeah, what's your favorite thing to do when you come to Armstrong County, or where's your favorite place to eat?
1: Well, uh, I'm going to show you that I've become a true politician. <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, as I said, my my wife Gina, her family still lives in Rural Valley, and so we uh, we travel to Rural Valley almost every week. Yeah, and so I have to say that. Best place for me to eat is at my mother-in-law's kitchen table. There you so, go. <laughs> right? um, but no, I mean, you know, Armstrong County really is a second home to me in many ways. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, the Dayton Fair is always something that I look forward to every year. It's such an impressive operation, and what the fair board does to keep that moving is is really something. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the Ford City Parade at the Fourth of July has always been a great venue. I, you know, I have memories of Don Senator White being in that parade for years and years and years, and the crowd is just pretty hard to uh, to fathom. Yeah, you know, unless you've been there for it. Yeah. So, it, you know, Armstrong County has has such a, a unique identity, and their communities are are unique and in different in, in in different ways, and I, I just think that's pretty special. and you don't like to see the community struggle mm-hmm. and that's part of again my motivation i i, I want to try to be helpful to make sure those communities have the ability to improve and, and move forward
0: yeah yeah a lot of times the bigger cities get all of the press but when you go to all these little towns it's amazing how every town has its own identity every town mm-hmm. is filled with really good hard-working people mm-hmm. and um there's kind of this uh, mentality I think from the bigger cities and from even like bigger government that these areas don't really matter, but it's nice to hear someone that wants to like focus on these communities. And that's going to be representing these communities one way or the other. Right. Right. So um, I've I've been kind of focusing on the channel. I know you probably haven't watched any of it, but uh, we've had four big issues that we've been covering for the city of Katanning and how we can kind of move those forward. So I want to kind of walk through those one by one with you and uh, get your opinion on each one and just get your your take on how a state senator could help a, a town like Catanning, uh work through some of these problems. Um, the first one we already talked a little bit about is, um, you know, what do you think that we can do um, in partnership, you know, city, county, state, as far as um, increasing the availability of good jobs in the county? Or, and what do you see as your role in that?
1: Well, I think the role is to be a marketer in chief in some respects okay you know, i mentioned earlier about you know not investing in misery yeah. you know we have to present and we should present the finer points of our communities mm-hmm. we have to make sure people understand that this is a good place to be it's a good place to live work and raise families and in the proximity to pittsburgh is a big part of that Mm -hmm. Uh, part of the reason why senator white's been so focused on the downtown Catanning improvements is because you know Catanning is literally the heart of armstrong county both geographically and politically Mm -hmm. uh, with the courthouse here and you know it's often said that a strong pittsburgh means a strong region well i feel the same way about Catanning borough Mm -hmm. a strong katanning means a strong armstrong county and so you know we, we We've worked to build that revitalization effort. We're moving it well beyond the downtown because the neighborhoods obviously deserve a need to have that support. And one example of that is the grant that uh, was just secured to try to get some additional streets paved throughout the yeah. the town. And that, that's one of the most basic needs that I see, yep. is to try to get these roads in better shape and, and in some cases passable. So... I think that's that's a big part of it. You've got to be able to present a, a positive image to the outside world, so to speak.
0: Yeah, so. I agree with that a hundred percent. So, how often, like from a state perspective, you guys, like when you say marketing marketer in chief, like a business is looking for a new place to uh, to put their to put their next uh, plant or factory mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, Do you guys ever get to be in those conversations?
1: Yeah, we sure do. And, uh, you know, a couple of those examples are are sitting at North Point right now. And, you know, it's about encouraging those business entities to take a hard look at Armstrong County and then providing them with the resources to make it attractive to be here. And some of that can be as simple as... um, helping them get through the permitting process whether right. through DEP or PennDOT or anybody else and that's one example with Paul Bergad and what he's done up at Bergad's in 85 you know he ran into some real issues with DEP mm-hmm. and it was one of uh, one of those things where he called our office and we went to work and we were able to try to get him the straight answers and get the answers quickly and you know you, you worry that there are other examples of that out there that you don't even know about. That yeah. what have they done and stifled a business opportunity, that's a lost opportunity, and maybe we weren't even aware of it. Yeah. So that kind of interaction, I think, is a very uh, important piece of this. And then the other thing is, you know, we have to look at Pennsylvania as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, our tax structure is not a competitive structure. Our regulatory and our legal structure, our tort reform structure, are not competitive when you look at the rest of the nation. Yeah. And so the Harrisburg end of this has to include some real regulatory reform, some real tax reform uh, to make this uh, a much more attractive state than it, it, it is currently
0: yeah totally agree with you on that one too i look at all the the natural resources that we have as far as you know not only coal and gas but even just in in beauty and tourism and all those things and it's like always putting up barriers to to get people not to spend money it seems and so i I love to hear that as well (laughs) Uh, anytime we can cut taxes i know as a small business owner it's just like tax after tax after tax and it ultimately prevents you from hiring people prevents you from investing in the in the community and um so anytime I hear that out of a politician, I'm very, very excited. So <laughs> well, good, good, good to hear it. So second one, uh, second big problem in our community, uh, as you probably know, Armstrong County uh, a few years ago was uh, number number two in the state, only to Philadelphia County for uh, opioid overdoses. Yeah. And I know that there's been a lot of, um, it looks like the, the trend is going in the right direction. Um, but that being said, I know, I know we're still a long way from being out of the woods. Um, what do you see as the role, your role as Senator to help kind of solve that issue and help uh, help the city of Katanning and Armstrong County with the opioid problem?
1: Well, that's, that's a uh, multi-pronged issue, as you well know. Oh, yeah. And the, the first first and foremost is, is prevention and education. And I've seen it with my boys. You know, our oldest is in fourth grade and uh, our other son is in second grade. And, and they're already and it causes for hard conversations at home, but they're important conversations Absolutely. that we as parents have to be prepared to address. And you know, they're starting to instill in them uh, the issues of of drug abuse, and so that's a big piece of it. Uh, obviously, another piece of it is the rehabilitation, uh, making sure people have access to treatment. I think the days of of just locking people in a prison cell and throwing away the key and just letting them out on the street are, are over. Yeah. We've got to work on rehabilitation throughout that system. You know, we've done a lot already legislatively. Uh, we um, established a prescription drug monitoring database mm-hmm. which allows uh, allows us to track the filling of prescription drugs to make sure people aren't hopping from pharmacy to pharmacy. Oh wow. Um, that's a very important tool for law. Enforcement. I had no idea that even
0: existed. Yeah, uh,
1: that's fairly new uh, in that's terms wonderful. of its implementation uh, We've taken steps to better educate our doctors in our emergency room uh, physicians in particular We're trying to limit the amount of prescriptions that can be taken outside of the emergency room the number of days so there are things like that but you know, I go back to the prevention and education, and that starts at home and it starts at a young age. And if we don't, you know, we got to stop
0: it before it starts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, we already touched on this one. Uh, blight, obviously, mm-hmm. is an issue, uh, not only in Catanning, but you look at Ford City and all the, all the communities around here, really, uh, is a huge issue. Uh, you know, what can you do from a state level to help solve that?
1: Well, we've given... Uh, local governments the ability to um set up what are called land, land banks yep. the ability to more quickly go through the process of um if if a if a property has a lien on it with a bank to try to get that lien relieved yeah um we've done some projects in Leechburg borough already in addition to Catanning through the new blight project that Armstrong County has started so giving them those tools but it takes the partnership of the local governments as well okay. um you know you you know local governments have the charge of enforcing ordinances mm-hmm. and building codes and those kinds of things and and that needs to be done obviously not in an overly aggressive manner but in the right manner, yeah, to make sure that you know uh property owners are maintaining their properties in a respectful and safe safe way. But we've worked to give them the resources uh, obviously we've we have much more to do and I it's one of the priorities I'd like to have is to work to continue to provide those resources to to tackle blight and do it in a smart way
0: yeah you know yeah one thing that I've noticed is uh, a lot of times we're trying to update codes and those kinds of things because everything is so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know almost prehistoric sometimes right. and uh, trying to get those things up to date I don't know if the state has any kind of help that the local community could go to and say, "Hey, we're looking for a you know this this kind of code, or can you connect us with another city that is maybe doing it right that could help us along with this?" Um, I'm just looking at that marketer and chief role and wondering <laughs> if you have any solutions from other cities. Like, do you have any examples within the district of someone that's really tackled blight that that we could utilize? Well, I'll tell you,
1: Armstrong County really is becoming a model in tackling. Okay, uh, Westmoreland County started a lot of it in this region with the land bank that they established, Armstrong County, modeled theirs after it, and uh, it's starting to take off. I mean, one of the properties just down the street here was, was finally demolished, yeah. long overdue, Yep. and as I said, there have been a few in Leechburg, and I know they have a plan to tackle quite a few more, so... Yeah
0: those those fans of the channel that's the video I did on the house that was torn down right behind next year mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that one's been on my radar for a long time mm-hmm. I made probably three four videos with that house in it so I was yeah. I celebrated the day yeah. it came down yep. my friend <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was long overdue but that's
1: a perfect example of putting a plan into action and getting yeah. something done
0: so I had no idea this is so the state actually set had to set up that ability for counties Mm -hmm. and cities to be able to do that kind of stuff right that's wonderful right good stuff Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, and the last one I have here uh, problems that I'm focusing on and that we're focusing on as a channel would be many of our cities are struggling to manage the problems that they face Um, a lot of the local communities there are uh, you know inefficiencies in local government there are some you know a lot of them are uh, part-time like all, all of our borough uh, council members are all part-time, and so they're all very busy. They're all trying to do different things. Um, how can we how can we make them more efficient? How can we work with the state to get more things like the Downtown Catanning Revitalization Project, um, that state money, how can we get that to our communities in a more efficient way, and, and what do you plan to do to help to make that happen? Well, it,
1: it really does start from the grassroots up, and it takes a plan Despite some of the perception that uh, government dollars are just handed out uh, randomly, that's that's not the case. And the reality is that you have to have a plan, you have to have a program in place, and that takes local initiative. And I have a lot of empathy for anybody who has chosen to serve in local government, totally because agree. it is getting more and more complicated as the years go by. Mm-hmm. And they're, as you said, volunteers in large measure, and so it's going to take, you know, it's got to take partnerships. Yeah. Uh, whether that's through partnering with their police forces or partnering with municipalities on other services, I was encouraged to see the Cattanning hired a, a municipal manager. I think that's an important first step to have somebody there with the day-to-day operation, and so a lot of it is about providing the technical resources. You know as we say uh, often uh, a grant can't be funded if the application doesn't exist right <laughs> yeah you know, and so the application has to exist, and that yeah. takes whether it's the county or the municipality to to move that initiative mm-hmm. so that that's a big part of it, providing municipalities with the technical assistance to know where to go and what to do, and then take the initiative to. You know, apply for those resources and and try to get them uh, yeah. here to to improve the communities. Yeah,
0: and I know a lot of these answers because I I've been following you for a while and and uh, the work that you've done with Senator White's office and uh, uh, I know that uh, it's been I, I'm I'm appreciative of every time the city and county submits a grant. It it really does seem like. You guys were always there to try to shepherd it through the process and look over it and say, "Hey, you know, change these two things, and if you you know adjust that, so we can have a better chance of this getting through." Mm-hmm. And so uh, all the different monies that have come in, I just, um, I just, I just want to thank you for well, for what I know has been a lot of your work on that. Well, you know, look,
1: the dollars aren't infinite, mm-hmm. and they are taxpayer dollars that you and I and everybody else in our communities pay into, and You know, Senator White's philosophy has always been that if the program exists and we're paying taxes just like everybody else, we deserve to have the opportunity to improve our communities and to do it the right way and to do it a smart way. And, look, not every application gets funded. Well, of course. And, you know, sometimes it takes a few times, but if you're committed to the initiative and you want to see it happen, uh, there's usually a way for it to eventually come to fruition.
0: Yeah. I've also got to say I'm pretty impressed. You have Butler in Indiana. You'd think you'd focus there a lot, but you seem to be really into katanning local politics. You know what's well, going on.
1: Well, look, I mean, my <laughs> boss always said he was born in Armstrong County,
0: uh-huh. and,
1: and Armstrong County elected him. And so he's, he's always driven home the message that, you know, we have to— Pay attention to the needs of Armstrong County, and we have worked hard to do that. Uh, I know we've worked on some pretty cool initiatives in Freeport as well, and you know just throughout the district. And uh, you know, as I said, I you know my wife came from Armstrong County, so I think that even trumps being born in Armstrong yeah. County. So you I, you owe
0: Armstrong County an eternal debt. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So
1: I you know Armstrong County will always be. My second home, and I mean that uh,
0: literally and figuratively. So. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, just one more. This isn't part of my R four, but that that's the four we're focusing on in Catanning, or mm-hmm. I'm focusing on at least. And so, uh, the next one we've touched on a little bit. Um, what's your view on on taxes in the state? And I just, if you go in a little more into that, and then something that's come up a lot of times in the newspaper. I was just very curious on your on your views personally. Uh, property tax elimination—I yeah. know that keeps coming up over and over again each cycle. It seems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are your views on taxes in general, and then specifically property tax?
1: Well, our, our corporate tax structure, from a state perspective, is is entirely out of whack, mm-hmm. and that needs to be addressed. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into the nuances of what's called the Delaware loophole, but it it has really wreaked havoc on the employer tax structure within the state taxes generally are much more onerous than uh, candidly what they should be yeah and we've got to figure out a way the only way we can address the tax burden is obviously to rein in the spending burden oh yeah Uh, and so that's obviously got to be a big part of it specific to property taxes i'm all for and fundamentally believe that the school property tax needs to be eliminated it's it's archaic it's fundamentally unfair you know i i i genuinely believe that your home is your castle yeah and when you buy your home and you pay off your mortgage there shouldn't continue to be a rental payment to the government for it totally and so the challenge we have is that the school property tax statewide for all property is 15 billion Mm dollars okay when you start talking about eliminating a $15 billion tax yeah. and recreating that somehow, uh, the, the tax numbers get pretty difficult. Yeah. So I think that Senate Bill 76 has a lot going for it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, whatever we can do to get from point A to point Z, which is property tax elimination, I'm all for. Yeah. One of the things that the voters did a couple years ago was pass the ability for us to look at primary residents specifically Mm -hmm. so in other words prior to this we had to either eliminate the property tax on everything or we couldn't eliminate it on anything we had to treat it all uniformly oh wow now we have the ability to look specifically at a primary resident and what that means is that that 15 billion dollar number that I talked about is then a 7 billion dollar number and going back to my belief that your home is your castle Mm mm-hmm if we could at least get to the point of eliminating it on the primary residency, I think that is definitely something we need to uh, uh, look at. But I just don't understand the the correlation between property and school funding. It just doesn't make sense to me, and I just find it to be fundamentally archaic. It's arbitrary. You know, the way properties are valued is arbitrary. Yeah. And I think we'd be a lot better off without it.
0: I appreciate your thoughts on it because it's a uh, it's so true that once it's implemented it's very difficult to kind of tear things down. So people people really need to understand like that's a process. It's going to it's not oh. going to be a one step thing probably.
1: Yeah, and you know it's you, people are getting discouraged and I understand that because this has been a decades long discussion. Yeah. But it is resonating every year more and more. And you know you just got to keep at things we didn't get to where we are overnight Mm -hmm. and so we're not going to change it overnight yeah absolutely you know i mean our founding fathers had it pretty rough but they never got discouraged that's right so yeah you just keep
0: plugging away one day at a time okay well uh we're getting close to wrapping it up here but uh i just want you to be able to tell everybody you know what do you think makes you uniquely qualified over any other person to be our next state senator
1: well i i understand the work i've I've been Senator White's Chief of Staff for 18 years. I have a passion for this community. This community is in my heart, I, public service is in my blood, and I just want to do a good job for the people of the 41st District. With Senator White's retirement, it's going to take somebody that understands, day one, what the work is about, and I believe I'm the best person to, to have that skill set and that set of experience. The reality is whoever is elected to replace him will be sworn in in early June, which will be right at the time when budget discussions begin. Oh, wow. And I think that my experience will allow me to walk in there and be as prepared as anybody uh, to represent this district during budget discussions.
0: Fantastic. Uh, so what's your overall vision for the district? Like, let's say you win this special election, uh, you win in uh, 2020 in a reelection campaign. Uh, what would your district look like in four you know five years from now uh, if everything would go how how you you envision it to happen
1: well in in a perfect world we'd have all the streets paved in gold and, you know, <laughs> uh, all all the blight removed yeah. but but the reality is you know we just have to continue to stay focused in making targeted and smart improvements to our communities i I really do believe we have to continue and I'm you start to see it but you've got to continue to build that fundamental belief that there are quality jobs here in our community right. if our youth have the skill sets they need to be employed with them yeah. you know we still have a vibrant coal and natural gas business those are to me god-given natural resources mm-hmm. you know we've been given responsible domain over this planet and we need to continue to responsibly use them. Those are real jobs. They're family-sustaining jobs. I think we need to defend that industry and protect it and do it in a smart way. So I'm hoping to do what I can and to do my part to improve the infrastructure in our communities, improve upon the uh, the, the job climate, mm-hmm. um, particularly with the labor, labor force training, And, you know, of course, try to tackle some of the larger issues that we've talked about, property tax elimination and, of course, statewide corporate business tax reform. All all very important.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. So for anyone who would like to support you, for anyone who would like to get involved with uh, supporting your campaign, mm -hmm. uh, how can they do that and uh, when do they need to vote?
1: Well, the election will be on May 21st, which will be the same day as the primary that is regularly scheduled. So from that perspective, it'll be a one-day easier opportunity for people who are going to be voting through the normal elections to also vote in the special election. That'll be simultaneous. So that'll be May 21st. Polls will be open at normal times, normal polling locations. Um, Throughout this campaign, I will be very open on Facebook you can look me up on Facebook. I have a pretty active Facebook page already. Great. Uh, I do have an email address, which is joe.pitman at PA Senator 41.com. Uh, we also have a phone number, which is 724 541 3779. And uh, again, the Facebook page is probably
0: the easiest way to keep up with uh, what we're doing and to get a hold of me. Great. So uh, you guys, I'll put all that information in the description. So if you have any questions for Joe, if you want to get a hold of him, uh, please, please feel free to do that. Um, I'm just uh, so excited and honored uh, to have you here. Uh, never... Never would have imagined that I would be interviewing a potential future state senator. So uh, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And um, I wish you the best of luck.
1: Andrew, thank you. And I wish you the best. And thank you for all you're doing
0: for Catanning and the surrounding communities. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Uh, We'll talk to you all uh, real soon. See you in the next one.